Hello and welcome to another edition of the CBB Super Show. I'm your host, Walter Waddell, a.k.a. Dubduce85, bringing you the final four edition of the show. And I'm joined, of course, yet again by my man Pete. Took a little breather on the last one, had some stuff going on. But your guy is back to give us some final four breakdown. Pete, the season is uh, is closing out here. I know you're fully engulfed in MLB and everything else, so you're already, you know, moved on, but I'm still sitting here like the mistress, you know, almost even beast, almost <laughs> over. I'm crying about it. I don't know where I'm going to, what I'm going to do after this, you know, I'm messing around with Aussie football. Um, so I'm not quite further enough along like you are, but I'm going to miss it, man. And I'm sure you will too. So how are you feeling about this weekend? Well, we got one last chance for a classic slate to make some money. Uh, couldn't ask for four better teams, really. Uh, pretty much four teams that deserve it. And we got a showdown. For the final game, so we got a couple, couple more chances here. But this should be a good. This should be a decent slate. Two games. Definitely. Encourage people to be playing. You know, if you haven't already, definitely today play the showdowns. You know, obviously Monday's the showdown. I'm encouraging people the last few slates to kind of practice and you know try different strategies because yeah, there's going to be a big prize on Monday. Um, and you're going to want to not go into that having no idea how to do you know showdowns. Um, with that being said, let's just jump right in here. It's a two gamer. Trying to cover the main and the showdowns, talk a little bit of prize picks, and then we'll get on out of here. Um, Houston versus Baylor. Ken Palm has it 72-71 in favor of Baylor. 186 tempo ranking. Houston 328. Uh, on FanDuel, it's actually Houston plus five, which if you guys are betting today, I think taking Houston on the point line is a very sharp bet. Um, I think it's going to be very close, like one possession you know, type of game. Baylor's defense has been great. Obviously, they're one of the best. Houston's defense, I think, is even better sometimes. Um, so this one's going to be interesting. The best way to beat Baylor is through the paint. Um, you know, obviously, they're three-headed guard monsters. Very good on defense, especially Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, Macy Oteague. So taking guys like Jarrell, Grimes, Seth Sasser might be a little risky. So I might be looking more at, you know, some of these bigs who are going to have the offensive glass rebounding because that is where Baylor struggles, trying to keep opponents off the offensive glass. Their defensive rebounding is actually quite poor. Could look at Fabian White here at 4-5. You know, I'm, I'm personally going to be trying to stuff that entire Gonzaga starting lineup into my, into my main probably. Um, I know Fabian's capped around 20 minutes, which is difficult, but he is, you know, like I said, playing that weakest part of the defense. He will come off the, the uh, bench. He'll split with Reggie Chaney. Um, he's only 4-5. He did have a really nice first half last game, which was what I was expecting the game before. Um, you know, and he's logging right about 18 to 20 fantasy points in three of his last five. Um, you look at the Syracuse and Rutgers games, it re- really wasn't that good. But I think I'm, I think we're looking at more like what he did against, you know, Cincinnati or what he just did here against Oregon State. You're going to see him be more involved. Uh, it's going to be crucial the first 10 minutes he's on the floor. We're going to have to see some stats. If he's coming out, you know, 10, 15 minutes, he's only got three, then we're screwed because he's just not going to get enough minutes to uh, make up for it. So it is a, a bit of a riskier play, but somebody that I think, you know, if you're going to have to play somebody under su- sub 5K, and I think you will, Fabian's definitely a good option. Um, on that same token, you could look at Reggie Chaney at 3-6, Justin Gorham at 5-7. I think they're more GPP plays as opposed to White. Um, you know, Gorham's not been hitting his ceiling at all, but he's sub 6K. Probably under 15% ownership. He's got one of the best offensive rebounding rates in the country. Uh, he should be able to take advantage, assuming he can stay on the floor. Um, one thing is, you know, Vital um, or Mike Vital, I should say, uh, uh, you know, the all the JTT, uh, all these guys, Flo Thamba, those guys are not going to be able to guard Gorham if he decides to step out. He's a very decent, you know, good above average three-point shooter, so he can do damage down low as well as hit three. So I do think he's a very big 
um, you know, matchup nightmare for Baylor. And he could end up having one of those sneaky GPP games where suddenly he puts up 35 and everyone's like, why didn't we play Gorham? Um, so keep that in mind. Grimes, I love at 7-7, GPP winner. Anytime you can get a guy like that under 25% owned on a two-game slate, you got you to gotta consider it. He's got a 29% shot rate. He's knocking down 41% of his three-pointers, 240 attempts. Um, you know, he's going to go under on because everyone's going to be on Gonzaga. So keep that in mind if you plan to run uh, additional lineups. And then the decision, John Giroux. I know I just said the Baylor defense is tougher on the perimeter, but Giroux's been an absolute stud. Um, since getting injured in round one, he came back and scored 27.75, 34-and-a-half, and 37-and-a-half. Price is up, but he's going to contribute in all categories. This is one of those ones where I think he'll ascend over the defensive matchup and still produce. So I do like Giroux if you um, decide you want to go for a, a – instead of a fifth Gonzaga player and somebody else in this game, I think Giroux would be that guy. Uh, Baylor has a bunch of good price guys. Pete, why don't you jump in here and tell us what you're liking with this game and on the Baylor side too. All right, so just quickly uh... – on Houston, I totally agree with you on the Jerome play. Uh, se- I mean, seven one. He the prop. I mean, Jerome's been playing less than a hundred percent. We know that, but he's still putting up points. He's probably, I think, right now he's probably the best player on the team. Personally, uh, he's not shooting that great, but. I think he's one of those guys that can have a good game against Baylor. So if I'm going to take anybody from Houston, it probably would be Jarrell. Um Yeah, Gorham's going to be definitely popular, especially in rebounding. Uh, Baylor is 273rd nationally in defensive rebounding. And here comes Gorham, who's a big rebounder. Yeah, no, and a lot of is on a, offensive rebounds. But still, he's probably going to get double digits rebounds. Uh, I think he may be more popular than we think. Because I'm seeing some places actually are having projected pretty high at that price. Um, if I'm going to go low. I kind of like Reggie Cheney, but to me, it's just a coin. It's a coin flip between Cheney and Fabian White. Uh, I would just, me personally, would go Cheney just because he's a little bit cheaper, and I think he may be a little bit lesser owned. Um, Man, I don't know. But then just going to the Baylor side, you got you got a guy like a, like a JTT who's only 41, but he can definitely smash value coming off the bench. We know Thamba's the, the starting center, but sometimes T, JTT comes in and gets more playing time. So, like you said, we want to we want to stack the other game, but we want some piece from this game to be different. And once again, this is more of a GBP slate. It's tougher playing cash games in a two-game slate. So you want some pieces. So I think Jerome may be actually be the sneaky play on the Houston side. And on the Baylor side, all of a sudden Baylor's like DK all of a sudden priced them all down. You got Butler, 7,000. Davion Mitchell, 6,400. They're the the two guys you want, obviously, if you're going to play Baylor. So maybe you go to a guy like, you know Butler's going to be popular because of his name. So maybe go to a guy like Mitchell. I mean, it's crazy seeing below 7K. Maybe go to a guy like Mitchell over over Butler. Um, he's the, I mean, as the, as the point, I mean, the whole their whole attack revolves around Mitchell and, and Butler. So would he have 12 points in his last game? But I think he, he, he was in foul trouble. So if he stays out of foul trouble, you can see him getting 35 DK points. That's, that's Mitchell. So. I would rank Mitchell as my top play for Baylor because Butler is going to be popular. 
and I'd run back, but I think Jerome is my top play from Houston, and then like a Gorham and a Reggie Chaney. But the only way I would play this game is if I would like game stack this in GPPs, just to be different, in case that Gonzaga game somehow low scoring. We've, we've seen it happen. We've seen weird things happen in March. So I would just, I would game stack this game if I was making more than one GDP and just run it back and see what happens. Yeah, definitely a good a good plan because if it goes OT or, you know, we've right. seen these two get into shootouts before, you know, anything could happen in March, definitely. Um, and I like, like that, you know, uh, JTG call could be a little bit of a sneaker. Uh, you know, Houston's defense down low is tougher, but we saw him in the last game. He's everyday John is he's he's got a lot of potential, man. He needs to be playing more next season. Um, next game, last game, UCLA versus Gonzaga. Um, Gonzaga got here by mowing down any and all opponent that, that was in front of them. UCLA's had a very impressive run, probably even more impressive than Gonzaga, just because we expected Gonzaga to be here, at least I did. Uh, UCLA, I didn't even think they would come out of the you know the first four game against Sparty, and it took a, a big comeback to do it. Ever since, their defense has been, you know, top-notch. Johnny Juzang's been insane. Uh, Jaime Hawkwes. I mean, i got to give it up to Mick Cronin. So. But I do think the buck stops here for them. I, I don't think they have enough firepower to hang with Gonzaga. And, and as good as their defense has been, I'd hold them. Uh, you know, Gonzaga had one of their worst shooting performances in the last round, and it was still, like, the ninth worst in the country or some crazy stat. <laughs> so, you know, this is one of the, the best teams in, ever, pretty much, at this point, if they finish it off. Uh, Ken Palm has an 8371 for Gonzaga. They're sixth in tempo ranking, UCLA 338. Uh, they're minus 14. So if you think UCLA can keep it close, you do have that opportunity there. I certainly wouldn't bet the money line. You're not going to get any value. And, and betting the UCLA money line is, I mean, crazier things have happened, I guess. Um, Johnny Juzang on the UCLA side is likely to be somewhat popular, I think, at 6-3. He exploded for 28 real points in that Elite Eight game against Michigan. They just, Michigan didn't have any answer for him. Um, I do think that he will have a little bit more difficulty scoring here against Gonzaga just because of how good their defense is. And maybe not even scoring, but his turnovers will be up. You know, Gonzaga, they for, they get a lot of fast breaks off of turnovers. Um, sometimes they'll give you those long shots, which maybe that'll, you know, be to Juzang's benefit because he has such long range. Um, but he makes a ton of sense at the 6-3 price. You know, if you're going on Gonzaga stack, have running it back with him, his shot rate's now pushing almost 30%. His usage rate is almost at 25%. And those are two numbers that have both risen since the start of the tournament. Um, so I like Juzang at 6-3. Still deciding there. Um, Jaime Hawkes is a really nice play. He'll another be a, you know, a low-owned guy at 7-3. His price is kind of high. But, um, you know, Gonzaga, like I mentioned in the article, they go through these periods of time where it seems like they get bored or they, they get out by 18-20. You know, they'll, they'll fall into these lulls where they'll – They'll let their foot up off people's necks, and that's the only concern I have about this Gonzaga team. So if they do that, UCLA really has to take advantage of those, you know, three to five minute periods where it happens, and they're going to have to be looking to get Hawkes in, you know, involved in the game um, and work through him. Whenever they have worked through him during the tournament, he's done very well, and they've won handily. He's averaging over 32 fantasy points per game in their five tournament games. Uh, Tiger Campbell's there at four nine. I can't really advocate for him, man. Uh, you know, he scored under 20 fantasy points pretty much all ever since, like, January. I know he had the 28-point game just recently, um, what, two games ago, and, and people kind of like, oh, he's back. But then he went back to scoring 18 last game. So it's a decent value at 4-9. At least you know he's going to play 30-plus minutes, but there's really no upside there when you're, you're talking about using him. And then really the only reason person for me after that would be Jules Bernard at 5-8. I know he let everybody down last game. He still scored 24-plus fantasy points in four of his five, last five tournament games. He's only 5'8". He's certainly in play. For me, more over Cody Riley, who I see, you know, Cody Riley getting some chatter 
Um, for me, I can't use Riley. I think he's just going to continue to get into foul trouble. Timmy's going to, you know, no more of this. All Timmy's going to struggle in the paint against aggressive guys like Riley and, and you know, the, the Mobleys. We just saw against USC, he doesn't really give a damn how good you are in the paint. He's going to own you. Um, and then as far as Gonzaga, you know, I put in the article, I kind of copped out. I put the starting five as cash plays, and they really are. Um, you know, you can run, you got to run three at least. I think you probably got to run four. And if you're, if you're doing it right, you may just end up running all five. They're all priced too cheap. Sug seven, five, Kispert six, eight, Drew Timmy, eight, one, Ayayi six, one, and Nemhart five K. These are all prices that are way too cheap for what they're going to do. Um, if you're not comfortable running the full stack, then I would go with like, you know, Suggs first and Kispert. Those two are way too cheap. And then one of Ayayi or Nemhart. But I just don't think that three is going to be enough. Um, Timmy's broken a slate in back-to-back games. Really unlikely that Cody Riley will do it. You know, have any luck in stopping him? Uh, Timmy is drawing 6.4 fouls per 40, so I expect Riley to be sitting very early. Um, you know, Suggs just showed us his 40-plus upside. Iai and Nemhard are the guys that you know they're usually the lower owned of the five, but they both have that 30-plus upside. So if, if nothing else, I'm stacking up the Zags. Um, the guy you get into foul trouble, but he's a little bit more of a riskier play. Um, this is the one where you're going to want to stack you know, five, six guys, I, I would say. So, Pete, what do you think? Yeah, DK really screwed this pricing. You can pretty much play anybody you want, which I don't like. And that, that's yeah. going to be my problem is we're going to have a lot of the same lineups, a lot of a lot of 1v1s and 2v2s. So <clears throat> now for GPP only, thinking out of the box, uh, I'm looking at UCLA. I'm just, I'm just looking at a couple of pivots. Um, first, since yeah, Juzang is gonna be really popular, so I can see pivoting pivoting from a uh, off of Juzang to Bernard. Uh, Bernard's played almost 40 minutes in three straight. Um, he's I think in during a tournament his, his shot rates 20% or over. I know his rebound rates over 20%. A guy like that, just to be different, because I'm not looking at a Tiger Campbell either. Um, the, another play I like for GBPs, and I think it's going to be very low-owned, is Jamie Jacquez uh, at 7300 mainly because of his price. He's $1,000 more than Juzang. He's more than Giroux. He's more than Butler, which is crazy. Uh, but he's going to be really low-owned. So I'm just looking at trying to be different here. Some of these big GPPs. He's returned five times his value, his value twice already in the tournament. So he has a game like that. Once again, he has a different, you know, team is playing Gonzaga. But if he does that again, you got to uh, jump ahead of anybody if, if you use him as your piece for UCLA. Once again, GPPs only. I wouldn't be playing cash, of course, at that price. Um, anybody else that's different that I that I would look at? I, and I do like Nemhard. I think Nemhard's we've seen already what he's done in the tournament at his price. Um, I think he, I think Nemhard's a top value play to slate. Plays mm-hmm. almost every minute of the game. Uh, his main his bench contribution is assists, uh, especially the last three or four games. He's got over like twenty six percent assist rate. Um, so I'm just trying. I'm just looking differently than everybody else. You know, in case things go differently, which we know they can. So my weird play is going to be a Jack, James Jack was totally good. All your other plays like stacking at least four Gonzagas in your main lineup. Um, if you get five Zags, great. Um, but if not, I would definitely get four 
I, I just can't believe these these prices on like a Kispert is six eight, a Suggs is seven five is crazy. You can pretty much get get anybody you want. The problem is everybody else is going to be playing the same guys. So she guys that know less about CBB, they're just going to notice all these names, Kispert and you know Suggs and Timmy. So just trying to be different here. So I got I just got more of a feeling on Jacquez and and GVPs just because of his, because of his price. I like that call too. <clears throat> All right, so we have the showdowns. We'll co- quickly go over those as well. Uh, first one, Houston versus Baylor. Um, really good, like strategy that I've personally had on the showdowns is instead of you know going up there because everyone always thinks, well, I got to have the highest scoring guy, and that would make sense. That's the John Madden strat. You know, you got to have the guy that scores the most points in captain, but it's not always true because a lot of times you shoot yourself in the foot, and then you have all these you know, kind of mediocre plays in your utility that don't score enough. And even if you get 50 out of your, your captain, you're getting a bunch of fives, tens, 15s out of your utility. It's just not enough. So the strat I've been using that is working very well is kind of using a mid-range play in captain that somebody who's capable yep. of getting that 40, um, but still allows me enough salary to go out and get, you know, Grimes, Jarrell, Butler. Um, so that would be, you know, Gorham, 9-9 at captain, if we think he's going to hit, you know, the glass and, and own the boards. Your your thin Jerome, I would take one of those guys, and then you do have some value, <clears throat> you know, all the way down at 2K. You've got Reggie Cheney, you know, squeak 18 minutes out of him at 2K. He'll pay off, you know, 10 points is a value um, in showdown, a little different. Fabian White at 4.6 is pretty decent value. Or um, you want to go back to Bryson Gresham, who only played like what nine minutes. He was only 1.6. So if you're running a bunch of lineups out there, you do have some value options. Um, especially on the front court of Houston, which is going to be the spot that we think bullies out the Baylor Bears. Um, do you have any anything on on, yeah, your so, showdown, or on that showdown you want to talk about first? Yeah, probably. So, personally, Captain, I would probably tonight. I probably would be leaning Mitchell uh, at eleven four. He's a fourth. He's the fourth highest price, uh, and he could very well get just as many points as Jerome Grimes and Butler. So, I like Mitchell. I like the Gorham call at nine nine. They're my they're my two top captains. That go to utility, man. If you play, if you get Reggie Cheney at two K, you get fifteen twenty minutes out of him. You can pretty much build an A line if you want. So I think Cheney. If you don't go to Cheney, then you at least got to go to Fabian White at four or six. Um, but I like White better. But I'm not sure if I like him twenty six hundred dollars better, like in a showdown. Um, yeah. Probably playing about the same amount of minutes. So. I would lean like a chain. If I'm making two lineups, I would have one with Cheney, one with White. But I mean, if you get Cheney in one, then you can get a high, high price captain. But once again, you got you want to be different because everybody's going to be captaining probably like the Jared Butlers or the Grimes guys like that. So you, once again, you want to zig when you're able to zag in here and something like this. Yeah. Um, the other one here, Gonzaga versus UCLA. <clears throat> now the last Gonzaga one, I did a, a five. Five one build where I played five Gonzaga uh, and one of their opponent. What I almost did was Captain Ayayi because I was going with my mid range, you know, strat. But I did have enough money to go to Suggs and thank God because you know he had a, a sixty or seventy in Captain and that really worked out. And Captain he's fourteen one. Now on this one I would highly recommend going with a more known commodity of Suggs. However, Kispert is so cheap. If you think he's going to break out, he's just twelve K in the Captain spot. But he may end up being the most popular captain because he is so cheap. So it may be a little more contrarian to go up to Suggs or Timmy as opposed to what we just said with that strat or 
use II Bernard. If you want to roll the mid-range strat, II Bernard or even Juzang would make the most sense because I think Kispert's popular. Or in this instance, you go up to Suggs. Um, he wasn't that high captain on the last slate. It's like 20%, which is not that high when you're talking about a one-game slate. Um, you know, obviously, it was like 90% owned, but in captain, it made all the difference. So in this case, I would probably lean towards one of those guys. Or, like you said, Hawkes. You think Jaime Hawkes is going to have a, a big game? You know, 13-5 in captain. That would be ultra contrarian. I bet he's going to be 5%, maybe 8% in captain, maybe even less. That could be your ticket to, you know, winning this big one. It's a 10K to first, 3500 entrant, $10. So you're going to have to find a way to be different here. Um, there's not a ton of cheapies on this one. You know, most of the guys are up 5K. Uh, unless you want to use David Singleton at 2K, which is not advisable. Um, but they did a pretty decent price, or different job of pricing everybody kind of the same here on this Gonzaga um, showdown. So we might see a lot of lineups, which you can use to your advantage to find leverage. What would you be doing? This yeah, time? they did. They, <laughs> this is priced much differently than the first one. So probably, I'm, I'm just looking at, I totally agree with just, I, I would go Suggs also. Totally agree with just Suggs plays. I think everybody's going to be going Kispert because of that $200 uh, $2,000 difference from Suggs. Uh, but man, for value, this is, I mean, Nemhart's probably the best. Oh, I got this captain. Price. Probably the best minutes. Probably Nuba, 2 4. Or, man, I wouldn't be going. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't be going Singleton. Um, Man, you made Andre or Andre Watson at four six. Yeah, this is this is a tough one. Just you, you got to be, you got to even things out here a little bit uh, on this one. So you got to figure out which one of these value guys is gonna get a few points. I'm not sure. This is this is a lot, a lot tougher than the first showdown. Yeah, definitely. You somebody's gonna get. <laughs> it's right. gonna, you need somebody's gonna get, gonna get you at least fifteen minutes in your lineup in that utility value spot. Yeah, and it, it might just be that you go Watson, who at 4-6 yeah. is a little higher than you'd like to pay, but he's at least going to play, you know, roughly yeah, 15 to 18 minutes. Yep, um, so that might be it. your best bet. Yeah, Watson would be the um, one. All right, and then you show – are you uh, uh, prize picks, folks? Um, I do have several listed. Um, I'll give my favorite three so that you guys can read the article for the rest, but uh, not to confuse anyone listening. Jalen Suggs over four and a half assists. I think, uh, you know, he's proven he had the four assists total last time and he went way over and I was scared to, to feature that one because, you know, I thought, oh, maybe that's borderline for him. But now he's he's dropping dimes. He's an amazing passer. I think he's going to have five plus assists here again. So I like that one. Corey Kispert over 27 fantasy points feels pretty low. I mean, he's still scoring 30 with horrible shooting. I mean, and his shots are going to start falling here eventually. Um, and when they do, he's going to hit 40 plus. And then I do have uh, Juzang over 24.6 fantasy points as my third. Now, those are all from the same game. What are we going to do? We can't make a real play with that. So the one I put from the Houston game was Quentin Grimes over 16 and a half single points. So you're going to have to use that or another one from the Houston game to make a valid bet as price picks won't let you just stock up on one game only, which is unfortunate because they have a ton of soft Gonzaga UCLA props. Anything that's sticking out to you, Pete, um, from price picks? Well, I, I see Sasser. I see Sass, uh, Sasser have a good game there. I, I could I could go over in a 12.5 points and also the 22.2 fantasy points. Uh, we know Sasser is not about peripherals. He's going to shoot. But um, he had 20 points last game. So, yeah, I like Sasser. Uh, Sasser would be my play in the early game. 
All right. Well, that is the final four coverage that's still several hours away. So if you weren't able to listen live or you just came in late, it'll be on demand on all platforms here shortly. It's been an awesome season. This is pretty much it. Um, you know, I might do like a live Discord, you know, shoot the shoot the shit session on the championship Monday. I'm not going to be working. I'm going to be, you know, grinding that out and watching it. So we may do something like that. But as far as podcast streams for college basketball go, this is it. Pete, thank you for an awesome year. You've been you've been fantastic. You've crushed it this season. And I know a lot of people, um, you know, like I've had many different uh, co-hosts through the years. You have definitely I'm not gassing you up been the best that I've had. So I appreciate you uh, doing the show with me. I'm looking forward to many more seasons of lighting people up and dominating. the industry. No, It's been good. And before you know it, it's going to be college football. And I don't think most people realize how bad we crushed college football this year. So, um we got some shows coming. WNBA will be starting before you know it. So, see college football, and before you know it, it's going to be November again. So, yeah, it's been real. Um, the best podcast out there by far. Um, nobody can even touch it. So, thank you for allowing me to be part of it. This is, this is your show. This has been all you, man. At YFC Sports Pete, I'm at Dubduces85. Appreciate it, everyone, for your support all season. Like Pete mentioned, there'll be some sort of niche sport that you'll find me on, whether that be, you know, eSports, WNBA, TBT is going to be coming around, and then college football, which, yeah, we, we absolutely dominated. I know I'm not a name in college football that you, you would think of for that, but we did have a big season looking to carry that momentum into the next season, and then obviously college basketball will be back before you know it. And I'll be talking transfers all summer long. You know, it's free agency and CBD right now, so lots of good stuff. Pete, thank you. Thank you to everyone else out there that listened to us all season long. Good luck today. Let's uh, win some money on our last two-gamer of the year. Good luck, guys. Thanks.